You know, one of the most hurtful ways to break down relationships uh, is through favouritism. Uh, when people are biased, when people are partial, when people are prejudiced, people show favouritism and it hurts. In families, favouritism can cause fights and quarrels, uh, especially when it comes to the will. Uh, in school, if a, a teacher uh, has a favourite, a pet, then no doubt bullying uh, will happen uh, from others. Even in the Old Testament law, uh, Israel is warned not to show favourites that they needed to judge carefully. Today, our Black Lives Matter movement, I may not agree how, the, how they protest, but the equality of the first people is to be upheld. And the reason why we have this situation in our society is because over hundreds of years, white people have been favoured. But with God, there's no partiality, bribes, injustice or favouritism. God hates favouritism. And so should we in the church. Church that is partial to certain people has problems. Church should destroy favouritism, otherwise... Uh, favouritism will actually destroy the church. Uh, many years ago, when I was at uh, Beverly Hills Church, uh, at our night service, we had a, uh, one person had a mental disability and they would yawn and interrupt sometimes during the service. Uh, they were, uh, you know, they would cause a little bit of problems, but everybody loved this particular person. Some of the young people, I remember, came to me and they said, look, we're a little bit embarrassed. Um, you know, we don't want to invite our friends because of this particular person. And, you know, I thought about it and I thought, no, no, we can't do that. That uh, person needs to stay in our congregation because we do not have any favourites. You know, when I first came to Camden, uh, it had a reputation of having certain cliques. And I remember one of the uh, associate ministers who was trying to... Uh, uh, describe a, a group of people and he said, you know, the, the beautiful people. <laughs> and it was incredible that the whole staff knew what that person was talking about. It was a little group of people that excluded others. Favouritism is possibly found in all churches, but it is detestable to God. It doesn't show genuine faith. In James chapter 2, James wants to show Faith without actions is dead. And he repeats it time and time again. The issue is not can faith save us. The issue is faith without actions cannot save us. James wants us to have a genuine faith. Not a veneer faith, not a nominal faith, not a pretend faith, but a genuine faith. A faith that is checkable through our actions. So James gives us this checklist of what a genuine faith is not and what it is. Firstly, he says, a genuine faith is not discriminatory. In the very first verse of chapter 2, he says, my brothers and sisters, uh, believers in the glorious uh, Lord Jesus Christ must not show favouritism. And so firstly, we shouldn't show favouritism because we are God's church, we are his family, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a, a common faith in Jesus. And if Jesus is our brother, we are equal in Christ. The logic is clear. If God's church is the family of God, then we are united. There should be no favouritism. No favouritism should take place. 
And, and James gives us an example of a well-dressed man and he gets the best seat in the church. And he says, no, no, that shouldn't be the case. I know you and I may not do that. But sometimes we can show special attention uh, to people who maybe drive the best cars, have the expensive jewellery, wear the trendy clothes, who are good-looking, people who are cool. You know, we can make judgments from external, uh, external appearances. And James says, you know, <laughs> we become judges of others. When we show favouritism, we become judgmental. The second reason why we shouldn't show favouritism is because we are God's elect, and he mentions that in verse 5. God chose Israel to be the people of God to do the work of evangelism for God. Now, I know it sounds like God is showing favouritism himself, but his election is loving and it's purposeful. The election of God reverses the values of the world because God chooses the poor and the humble in spirit in order to become rich in faith. Friends, uh, brains, brawn and bucks have advantages uh, in this judgmental world, but wealth and fame and power and all that type of stuff have no place with God. God humbles the proud and exalts the humble. The third reason why we shouldn't show favouritism is because of God's law of love. And love is the essence of God. It's the royal law, the kingly law of God to love each other. Love never excludes our brothers or sisters. And to show favouritism means we become lawbreakers. Uh, favouritism, favouritism is the opposite to what God is about. God is about the inclusion of the family of God. And the fourth reason why we shouldn't show favouritism is because of God's judgment. Friends, when we show favouritism, we are not being merciful to each other. And James says, judgment without mercy will be given to those who show no mercy. And friends, at the cross of Jesus, we see judgment and mercy. At the cross of Jesus, Jesus takes our judgment because of our sin through his own death. Mercy is satisfied for all people of faith, whether they are Jew or Gentile, whether they are black or white, whether they are male or female and so on. Evaluating people according to externals undermines the family of God. If God is merciful, so should we be. Favoritism contradicts the gospel because the gospel levels us out. We are of equal dignity and value. And our feelings towards people we like should never, never ostracise others. Uh, one of my favourite passages in Acts chapter 2, uh, it's, we have the uh, picture of the early church and they were together, that word together comes up a number of times. They read the Bible together, they prayed together, they heard the word of God together. They had fellowship together. They helped each other together. And then there's a beautiful verse in verse 47 of chapter 2. And the Lord added to their number daily. A great example of when the Christian church is loving each other together, the Lord will bless the church with more converts. The reason why churches don't impact the community today is because they are not always loving to each other or equally. 
Christianity is accepting and loving all. I guess the question uh, that rises from all this, should I ever associate with people I like? Of course you, you can. But we must be careful that in our love for people that we like, we are not sending out the message of exclusion to others. And if you have somebody over for tea that is with the same social status, that's fine. That has the same interests of you, that's, that's good. But also have people over who may not be the same as you, who might be disadvantaged, who may be less attractive in your eyes. The second thing that James says, genuine faith is not dead. Uh, in verse, our verse of the day, verse 17, uh, he says, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Genuine faith will be generous of our time, our money, our energy. We won't fob off the needy. What do we do when we come across someone that's struggling? Maybe mentally, physically? You know, I've done it. Uh, uh, sometimes I've just said, I'll pray for you. Friends, can I say, if that's all we do, it's the ultimate hypocrisy. It's no good to the needy. It can be a cop-out not to involve ourselves. The fact that we have an opportunity to do something is God's way is given us the, the, that opportunity to help. Faith with all words and no action is deceptive. It's dead. Thirdly, Genuine faith is not just about data or it's not just about knowledge. Uh, we have that incredible verse uh, in verse 19. You believe there is one God? Good, <laughs> James says. Even the demons believe that. And genuine faith is more, is, is more than just knowledge about God, folks. Jesus says the same thing in the gospel. He says even the devil believes that he is the son of God. He is the holy one of God. He is the Christ. He is the one. Folks, can I say there are people in hell with good, sound doctrine. There are people in hell that know their Bible well, but that won't keep them out of hell. Faith that is all talk, all knowledge is deceptive. In fact, James wants to say it's nearly demonic. Wisdom is putting that knowledge into action. So it's not discriminatory, it's not dead, and it's not just about data. What is genuine faith? Well, folks, it's a dynamic faith. In verse 20, James says, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Six times in this ch chapter, uh, James says, faith without deeds is dead. You see, a genuine faith, a dynamic faith, will always result in action and a changed life. Can I ask you the question, how much have you grown over the last 12 months? Have you, have you changed to be more like Jesus? Are you busy for Jesus? Discriminatory faith involves our emotions and feelings and that will just lead to favouritism. A dead faith involves our pious words without any loving actions. And a data-based faith involves 
just knowledge and then the intellect. And the demons love it. Friends, real faith is not what we feel. It's not what we say. It's not what we think. James is saying it's what we do. And I think uh, we see in Hebrews chapter 11 the same idea. We see the heroes of faith in the Old Testament and they are all described by what they did. James gives us two illustrations, uh, two different types of people, different backgrounds that had a dynamic faith. Firstly, Abraham. Abraham was a Jew. He's the father of the faith. Early on, we are told that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteous. Abraham was a man who was justified by faith. But his faith showed up in action, in his obedience. And when he was tested by God to sacrifice his own son Isaac. James gives us another illustration, Rahab. She was a Gentile, a prostitute. And her faith changed her life as she gave lodging to uh, the Jewish spies. This could have led her to, to be executed as a traitor. You see, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his own son. Rahab was willing to sacrifice her own life. They were people of faith. We can talk the talk, but be short on sacrifice. Friends, a dynamic faith, a genuine faith, a real faith will involve sacrifice. But you know the incredible thing about that? It will always bring joy. It will always bring blessing and, and contentment to our souls. We need to ask ourselves, what sacrifices are we making for Jesus? Because it is an indication of a genuine, real, dynamic faith. At this point, I want to say, you're probably thinking, well, the Apostle Paul and James uh, might seem contradictory because one talks about we are justified by faith alone and, and the other talks about we are justified by faith, which shows in our works. And, and I, I want to say they are saying the same thing, but they're writing to different audiences. Uh, Paul is opposing the DIY uh, religion, if you want. And James opposes all, the all talk and no action religion. Paul is talking to the Gentiles who thought they were being saved by their good works. And Paul says, no, no, no. The only way you are saved is through faith in Jesus, trusting in his death that you are forgiven, trusting in his resurrection that you can share eternal life. It's trusting the cross of Jesus. James is writing, on the other hand, to the Jews who had heard the gospel and they thought, if I'm saved by faith, well, I don't need to do anything else. You know, they thought, you know, just live how I want to live and maybe ask for forgiveness later. I think Paul really sums it up in Ephesians 2 when he says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And then he talks about in Christ Jesus, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. This is what I think the Bible is saying. Our faith is not determined by what we do. It's demonstrated by what we do. Let me say that again. Our faith is not determined by what we do. It is demonstrated by what we do. In other words, our good works are not the root of our salvation, but they are the fruit 
of our salvation. Well, what are the demonstrations in your life that show that you have a dynamic faith? What fruit are you exhibiting? Folks, isn't it time for some of you to be fair dinkum about your faith? You know, some of you may have heard the story of uh, Blondin, um, and he was a, a French-American trapeze artist uh, in the late 1800s, and he told everyone that he was going to walk across Niagara Falls. Uh, so he strung a line, and that's what he was going to do, and everyone came to see this great feat. He strung this line, and there were reporters there, there were people there, and he had his big pole, and he walked across Niagara Falls and back again to the cheers of the crowd. The photographers have taken the photos. And then he got a wheelbarrow. And he walked across Niagara Falls and back again. And again, to the cheers of the crowd, people thought he was fantastic. And then he turned to one of the reporters and he said, do you believe that I can carry a man in this wheelbarrow across? And the reporter who thought Blondin was fantastic said, yeah, Blondin, I think you can do it. You're fantastic. You're great. And Blondin said, good, jump in. And you know what the reporter said? Not on your life. You know, he had a faith in his head, but it didn't show forth in his action. Friends, sometimes we need to take a leap of faith. Sometimes we need to sacrifice at the expense of our comforts. Jesus is saying, jump in the barrow and I will take you to the place where you need to go. Friends, what better way to show our actions of love uh, through this whole strengthen the house? We have a great opportunity to get out of our comfort zone and sacrifice to the one who sacrificed his whole life for you and for me. Faith without actions, it's dead. Friends, can I encourage you as I challenge myself? Let's be alive in Christ. Let's have a dynamic faith as we seek to serve our Lord and Master. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for your goodness to us. Father, we want to thank you for the great examples of faith in, in Hebrews 11 and the whole Bible with Abraham and Rahab. Father, please help us to be a people of action, not just of words. Father, please, through your spirit, move us to get us out of our comfort zone so that we might sacrifice and live the life you want us to live because in the end we know it is for our own good. And we do pray all these things for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Thank you, folks. Thank you.